Welcome to the 2021 season Blunt Norse Trauma. This is our 14th episode. I am one of your hosts, JB. On the other end, we have Sarah. Sarah, how are you this evening? Oh, doing pretty good. Aren't we all doing pretty good after uh, what we got Sunday at uh, U.S. Bank West? It was... Uh, our, the Vikings did something they hadn't really done this year, and we'll we'll get into that. You know what? What were your thoughts on this game as we we get started? Uh, a big win uh, before rivalry week against the Packers. Um, I was a little disappointed about the offensive line regression that we had going. It, uh, I'm not sure what's up there, um, though. I hope they keep Cole as center, even though Bradbury is apparently healthy again. Um, came off the COVID list, but I really think they need to think about keeping Cole in a center. Um, that won't help, unfortunately, now that Udo can't quite uh, manage to make plays without getting penalties left and right. But at least one spot would be shored up again. Yeah, I I like what we've seen out of Cole in these last couple of weeks. Uh, Ollie just isn't cutting it. And uh, I don't know why Wyatt Davis isn't playing. He might not be ready yet. Uh, I don't know if he's healthy, yeah, if he's I, cleared medical. Like, there's got to be something going on because otherwise, like, why wouldn't they at least try him? I, it makes no sense to not have him in there, you know, unless, like you said, it's medical. I, I'm wondering if he's just not healthy yet. Uh, right. Because he can't be any worse to put out there. Yeah, I mean, it was even infecting O'Neal, who usually doesn't get any kind of like penalties or anything like that. And he got called a couple of times. Yeah, he got hit with a, like you said, that was rare to see him get hit with penalties. Uh, The line, I don't think the line was great on Sunday, to be honest. I think we made some plays despite the offensive line. And uh, again, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Seeing as we're already on the subject of things that we didn't like, what were your three duds this week, Sarah? Okay, we'll go into the duds. I actually, for once, had trouble finding three, like, solid individual duds. I'll show you what I mean in a moment. Um, number three, Freeland. I mean, I think he's permanently going to be on this list at this point um, in various <laughs> yeah. different spots, depending on how randomly bad he is and how much he squawks on Twitter. Um, but yeah, he can't stop anything. He's trying to make tackles and like he whiffs, he's trying to tackle people's kneecaps. I'm pretty sure that's not tackling one one You're supposed to go for center mass. Uh, kneecaps usually doesn't get it done in. It's a good way to get a penalty. But Dan um, Campbell would love him. Right. Yeah. Cause he takes out kneecaps. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. But, you know, he's going to take out the wrong kneecap and end up getting a a bad penalty and a fine. So he's got to watch that. And, yeah, like I said, he just can't stop anything. He was making other people look bad because they were trying to clean up after him missing and would still miss. So, yeah, it's that's getting pretty bad. Plus, like I said, he's squawking again on Twitter. So. I'm not sure if he just doesn't have quite enough attention. He, you know, fakes injuries and then goes, this time he even went to the locker room. I thought he was actually hurt, hurt. Then he comes back in. Yeah. He reminds me of another cornerback, a better cornerback we had, but still another cornerback we had 
Yeah. Yeah. He's doing his, his best impression of Xavier Rhodes and uh, his Rhodes impression isn't that good though. However, no, um, he does not play like Rhodes. <laughs> no, if his play was like Rhodes and he was pulling the same stuff, then we could just call him baby Rhodes, but his, his play is not there. Um, so that's number three. Number two, you know, injuries in total. The injuries are just killing us. They keep stacking up over and over again. As soon as we get one player back and that part of the game looks better, somebody else important goes down. Uh, this week we were without Barr again. And I know a lot of people out there aren't really sure about Barr or downright don't like him, but that part of the defense play is better when he is in the game. Uh, he just played too many snaps against the Ravens like the rest of the defense did and wasn't able to go for this one. So hopefully we'll have him back for Packers week uh, and that'll help a lot. And then my number one, I already kind of talked about it, the offensive line. Not sure what happened. They were off the list for a little bit, but things were flaring up. Uh, we had some play action going, which seemed like it was going to work at the beginning and had the offensive line not uh, started committing stupid random penalties, the play action would have been a little stronger. Uh, and we wouldn't maybe have struggled quite as much up to the half, um, that section where everyone was kind of freaking out because all of a sudden everything we were trying stopped working. Yeah, it was, like I said, the, the fact that we put up 27 points on Sunday, the way the offensive line played is a testament to our skill guys. It really is. I mean, they, they had to overcome their own offensive line on Sunday and, and they did a great job of it. I like your three choices. Um, mine are slightly different. My number three. Yeah. It's our resident on the list every week. Freeland, another pass interference penalty, still not aggressive enough on coverage. I don't know. I, I didn't like the signing when we took them in 10 weeks into the season. I still don't like it. Uh, my number two is Mac, Mac Alexander. He was part of Keenan. Now, Keenan Allen's a great receiver. Don't get me wrong, but Allen had 98 yards. Um, Mac was part of that 98 yards. Mac had a bad 28-yard pass interference penalty in this game. Just didn't yeah. Look, yeah, he just didn't look right, and maybe that's trying to compensate for other weaknesses in the secondary caused that, but What I saw, I didn't like. It was not typical out of of Mac. So, and as we say every week, making this list doesn't make you a bad player. It just means you had a bad week. Uh, Unfortunately, Breland has a lot of bad weeks. But, you know, we we just say this, you had a bad week. And Mac had a bad week from what I watched. My number one, I didn't go with the entire offensive line. I went with Oli. Oli. We talked about Oli last week, and I call him Oli this week. So, there you (laughs) go. Uh, well, neither I'm, of us can pronounce his full first name, so no, yeah. But Oli sounds more like holding, which is what he did again this week, right? Oli had two, and then, you know, granted, the one was backed up enough to so where he only got credit for a six-yard penalty, but two penalties for sixteen yards, two holds, uh, and I think he drags down the rest of the offensive line. I think these guys are trying to compensate for his shortcomings, and we saw this happen, you know, last year. When there's a weak link out there, it weakens the entire chain. And that's what I think Ollie's doing right now. Um, I want to see Wyatt Davis. 
I hope we get to see Wyatt Davis before the end of the year because I don't think he can be worse. And from everything I saw at Ohio State, he could be a real steal for the Vikings. Right. Uh, so- I hesitate to say he won't be worse because, um, yeah, Samia was definitely not an upgrade. And everyone was like, oh, he can't be any worse than Elfline. Yeah, yeah, he could. This is true. All right. I'll, all right. You you make a point. Uh, but <laughs> but I'd still like to see Wyatt Davis get a shot. I think he he uh, he showed me enough at Ohio State to at least warrant a shot if he's healthy. So we'll keep an eye on that. But this was an overall it was a very good game, I think, for the Vikings. Uh, they did things that we hadn't seen them do before. So I know you've got at least three studs. Quite honestly, this was hard this week to only come up with three. But, uh, it was. It was very difficult. I mean, everyone was looking good. Uh, players that maybe didn't quite make the stud list were still making huge contributions. Uh, and my only other little bit of negative is Westbrook still makes me nervous on returns. Once he has the ball clearly in his possession, it's fine. But that moment when he's catching it really, really makes me nervous. Yeah, you got to keep the defibrillator paddles close by when Didi's back there feeling punts. But he had a great return. Unfortunately, we did nothing with it because Brian O'Neill yeah. caused the fumble. But uh... yeah, yeah. Um, but my studs, uh, number three is JJ. He had nine catches for 143 yards. I uh, think that would put him a little higher, but we have some pretty good splash players in the list as well. Um, but that was great. He, he was making some catches. I mean, they tried to throw the challenge flag on that one catch that was clearly a catch that everyone who wasn't a blind ref could see was a catch, but apparently they needed to talk about it for like three minutes. Yeah, I didn't get that part. (laughs) Kind of annoying. So, but yeah, that was, I'd like to see him, you know, keep going and make some of those trickier catches because he's still leaving a lot of those on the turf, unfortunately, the really tough ones but he is making big strides on that. Uh, My number two is Eric Kendricks. My goodness. He had a huge sack and the interception. And so, I mean, that was uh, plus he had quite a few tackles. I don't remember exactly what it was in the teens again, though. So yeah, he's just a machine back there. So it's great to see that. And glad to see it was just cramps or whatever had him on the on the training table. Yeah, that was scary. Kind of a heart attack moment there, but and then my number one, Tyler Conklin, two touchdowns, both were tricky catches. Uh, like you said, one of them should have gone right through him, uh, caught it below the belt. Yep. And the other one was not much higher than that. So it was right in the gut. And that wasn't a very easy catch either. Although that one, thankfully, the Chargers kind of took themselves out of that play by running into each other. So that helped a little bit. Yeah, they ran their own pick play. It was great. <laughs> That's uh, my studs. What do you have? Well, I know Ty is one of our favorites. We we love Ty. And uh, I didn't put him on the list. He was kind of like my 3A. But just I'm going to just talk about him anyway because we love him. He can get his own segment on here, quite honestly. That that pass, the first touchdown pass, yeah, I mean, that man has a family to think about. I, that was just a, a rocket. I don't think he caught it as much as it just kind of stuck in his ribcage. 
uh, or wherever it actually stuck. And right. then the second touchdown is almost the complete opposite. It was just a floater that hung in the air. And I think it almost surprised him that to where he bobbled it a little bit before he cradled it. Like he was trying right. to catch a baby falling out of a burning building. Like, uh, and, but, but he came down with it and it, it was just, it was a nice play. It was a great throw really by Kirk only because he had no time and he just got it out there. But Conk gets a 3A. He doesn't get a full stud, but he definitely gets on the discussion list. My number three was Kendricks. Eight tackles, one sack, one INT. Like I said, that sack, it was like a freight train came through. I I cringed when I saw the, the hit. Uh, but guess what? PFF had him as a low-rated player this week. So way to go, PFF. PFFs, yeah. Well, we already know our issues with PFF. I'm not yeah, sure what we, kind of drugs actually, they're on. Yeah, we know what we call PFF for real. <laughs> uh, my number two was Dalvin Cook. I'm trying to stay away from the off-field drama for now with him. Yes. Uh, uh, focusing on what he did on the field, 24 carries, 94 yards, just a tick under four yards of carry. He had a touchdown, and then he had 24 yards in reception. But – the couple of the runs were just hard, hard runs. The, the touchdown was a hard run. And the run he made on our favorite toss play that we hate so much, <laughs> the first down, <laughs> I saw the ball. I, I said, good, we're going for it on fourth and two. And then I saw the toss, I, and I held my hand in my hands. I said, not the toss. Right. He, he just lowered his head and put the game away with that run. So, uh Again, I, I don't want to comment too much on what's going on away from the field, but for the guy to come out there and put up 94 yards and, and play hard with that kind of hanging over his head, uh, I hate to say impressive yes. because, again, I, I don't know all the details of what's going on. I could be praising a guy who maybe shouldn't be getting praised, but for what I saw on Sunday, he gets my number two stud, and I think I'm just going to leave it there for right now. My number one was J.J., uh, he made some really tough catches. Now he dropped one that will not go on the list as a drop because of a holding penalty on, on Ollie. But after that, he seemed to finally get it or something clicked because he made some really tough catches. But what I, I hope he continues to do that because it makes Kirk better because Kirk will make a throw that we don't see Kirk usually make a throw. Kirk is makes very conservative throws most of the time. And I think a lot of that comes from his confidence in the receiver. Like he'll make, he makes the tough throws to Adam because he has faith that Adam's going to catch them. And I don't know right. if he was making as many of those to JJ, but I think after Sunday, he may have gotten a more confidence in JJ. And let me tell you, if he's got confidence in JJ and Adam, this team is going to be a lot better. So I have to give JJ credit for, for Sunday, despite no touchdowns. I mean, but he had some big grabs in this game and they were not easy ones. So he is our number one or my number one this week. Um, I'm sorry, Sarah, to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say he's kind of, I mean, he really is taking on the sort of digs role. I mean, digs didn't have touchdowns all the time, but he was the big yardage person. And then, you know, either Adam or Kyle would finish it off in the red zone. Yeah. And if so. he, he is getting the chunk plays and that's what we need. We need some chunk plays. I like the way the offense ran on Sunday. Um, we also have our X factors to talk about, which again, 
I don't think we, I think we were about 500 again on our X factors. You want to remind yeah. me? Uh, well, I took Keeney and uh, he didn't have a chance to actually return anything because um, the one time he probably would have done something, the refs killed our fake punt. So thanks. I'm not sure exactly why they weren't quite set, but they decided to blow the play dead because they hadn't actually got given permission for us to snap it or something. Some sort of weird thing yeah, going on. I heard they, I think they said they blew whistle because the line judge or the back judge, maybe either the line judge or the back judge was allegedly not in position. And that's why they blew it dead. Yep. So that was not on us. We didn't line up incorrectly. There was no illegal formation or anything like that. That was the, the, the ref not being able to backpedal fast enough. Nope. So that would have been his big shot. Cause he didn't, everything else got, uh, you know, kicked out the back of the end zone. So he didn't, I think they maybe watched tape on him from the Ravens game and decided that he was too much of a threat to run one out. So they made sure they booted it through the end zone. So he didn't really have a chance on that one. And my other X factor was Adam. I give myself half credit for that because yeah, he only had 65 yards and no touchdowns, but he saved two drives. The one where he made the leap, he probably shouldn't have. Cause I really, really got scared that he like pulled his Achilles tendon or something, but it was just his shoe. Um, and then at the end, when it was uh, third and 20 and he got 18 yards, so he allowed for Cook to get the fourth and two play. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I mean, that that without that big chunk uh, and that tricky catch, we wouldn't even have been in that position. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like I always like Adam getting picked. He may not get as many catches lately, but it seems like the ones he's getting are really big ones. And, yeah, I was the same as you. I said, what is he doing leaping? And when he came down, it looked so awkward. And I thought we're going to lose him on this play. And like you said, yeah. thankfully it was only a shoe. I thought he blew his Achilles. I thought that was it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it and it, it wasn't even like somebody grabbed it. His shoe literally like got stuck. I watched it a couple of times more to see where his shoe like hit or whatever. And it like got underneath the defender's shoulder pads or something. Like that's how high he leaped. Yeah, he wanted, I think he wanted the touchdown. He really wanted it. He did. He really, really wanted that touchdown. But But yeah, next time, like, (laughs) just run hard. Don't leap in the air because you were like six feet up and that's not good. No, we don't like, we don't like our wide receivers getting that high up in the air with guys chasing them. It's not a good thing. Um, But, you know, it it was just nice to see him and have all that space to run in on that catch too. There was nobody around for a while. Right. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I half a point on your X Factors. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Mayan, DJ Wanham, who did, I don't even know if he even stepped on the field on Sunday. Um, he did, but he wasn't <laughs> he, he did effective for nothing. anything. Literally yeah. nothing. No tackles, nothing. He was just out there. So that's a big whiff on my part. Uh, but my other one, I'm taking a full point on this one. Because it was Mike Zimmer. Yes. Uh, this was probably his best coached game of the year. Uh, he kept the foot, you know, kept the pedal down. He, he was a little bit aggressive. That fourth and two pass to Conk for the touchdown was a nice call. Um, just going forward on fourth and two at the end of the game instead of punting it or trying a long field goal. 
it was a lot and and the defensive play calling was a lot better. They dialed up some blitzes. They covered for some of the personnel that were out very well. I mean, they only have 253 yards on defense on Sunday. Right. So uh, I'm taking a full point on Zim for this one. It was definitely his best job of the year in this, in this win. They closed it out. I said with four, was a 435 to go after the field goal. I said, now we got to go into the four minute offense. And sure enough, despite an offensive face masking penalty, which never gets called, on a tight end blocking they over <laughs> overcame it. And, uh, and that's all she wrote. I mean, it was, it was nice. We to had watch victory it. formation. Yeah. It was nice to watch victory formation after, you know, right as the two minute warning, you know, the, when you know the last two minutes of a game are basically just literally let the clock run. That's always a nice feeling. They didn't even have to run a play. It was beautiful. Uh, so those are our X factors. Now we've got a, big one coming up this week. They're all big ones, but this is a got a little bit more behind it as our probably our biggest rivalry uh as we face the Packers this week. Sarah, yeah. what are you looking for this week against the Packers and then once you kind of give us your preview, uh throw us your X factors for this week against Green Bay. Okay. Well, uh, we've got Greg Olson in the booth instead of Mark Sanchez, so um less good jokes to be made about the announcers. Um, even Green Bay Week somehow doesn't get us Aikman and Buck, though. I'm surprised because usually they call every Packers game, it seems. Uh, so I'm not sure there. We haven't had either of them for any of the Vikings games so far this year. But yeah, Vikings Packers history, the games are usually decided by seven points or less. So Sorry, fans, we're going to have another close one. And apparently, according to reports, Aaron Rodgers has a sore toe. Oh, poor Aaron. Yeah, and he's also out his uh, running back one. So we'll see how that goes and if we can slow down Dylan, since we know their running game is going to be a little more one-dimensional. Green Bay is somehow even coming to our house as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite which is kind of insulting. Yeah, and as far as my X factors, I'm going to stick with Adam. I know I call this all the time, but he's historically good versus Green Bay. He's had games where he's gotten either close to 200 yards or over 200 yards receiving and a couple of touchdowns. So uh, I think it's time for another 100-plus yard, two-touchdown game out of him, which would be really, really nice. just depends on who they decide to throw that high safety over. And then my other X factor is going to be Harry. Welcome back. He should be off the COVID list Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure how they count their 10 days or not, but technically Wednesday's day 10. So he should be back at practice on Thursday and hopefully ready to go. And we could use him back there. Unfortunately, he's going to have to jump right back into babysitting. So we'll see. Um, But he usually does pretty well hunting down Aaron Rodgers. There's been years where um, that's been his only or first interception of the season going up against Hitman. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, this is a team, like you said, Dylan's going to have to carry the bulk of the or make the bulk of the carries in this game. You got to wonder how durable this kid is. We got to make sure he gets hit. We got to make sure he knows he's in a game against the Vikings every time he touches the ball. 
I mean, we got to wear him out. And, you know, they're down to basically, what, Devontae Adams and... Um, and then MVS, Marquez yeah. Veldes-Cantlin. I mean, like I say, but I've said this before about Rodgers, it seems like you can throw, you know, a couple of guys off the street out there, you know, a couple of day workers and... Uh, <laughs> And guys you found on Indeed.com, and he can throw for 300 yards, it seems. But this is a test. But when you know that they're going to, he's going to be keying on Adam, somebody's got to slow Adams down. I mean, even when you know he's getting the ball, he's putting up big numbers, Uh, which is why this week, my X factors, and we'll start with defense, Cam Dantzler, I had to put him on, he has got to pick his game up and this is the week he's got to do it you have one guy to focus on for the most part yeah scantling will probably get his catches but adams is going to be the big target and you've got to take him out of the game if you can take him out of the game you can beat this team yeah and i would trust dance i would trust dancler on adams more than i would breland yeah i agree i don't trust breland on anybody Quite honestly, right. this is a game where Scantling could actually have a big game, believe it or not, because of Breland's Breland. issues. Unless uh, we park Harry over there. Well, we've been talking about that all year. Put Harry, team him up with Breland because he can cover a little bit for Breland. Uh, yes. And Breland always looks around like he's surprised he doesn't have safety help at all times. Yeah, that's isn't that funny? That's a he thinks the safety should be right. I mean, why don't they just tie a tether to the state? <laughs> you know, right? This way he doesn't have to look around. Just tether him to Harry because that's what he's looking for all, every time, anyway. Um, yes. And on offense, I went with KJ Osborne. We haven't heard a lot from him lately. I Not think, since he dropped that one pass. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's been forgotten after uh, coming out and, and really looking good early. I'm throwing him in there because. It's a kind of a sneaky week, I think, for him, where he could come up with four or five grabs for decent yardage just because the focus might fall on Adam and after this week, JJ. So I'm looking for KJ to come back and help us out on Sunday, hopefully walk out of there with a victory against Green Bay. Um, We had a poll last week, Sarah. Yes. And... Uh, we, we put four guys out there that we thought should be re-signed or we, we wondered what the rest of the fan base thought would be re-signed. The winner was Patrick Peterson. Well, we do need corner help and uh, drafting him doesn't seem to be working. So no. I, I was a little surprised, but. Oh, and we should get Patrick Peterson back for this game too, maybe. I haven't heard that they've activated him, but they haven't come out with the injury reports or anything yet. So that would be helpful if he comes back that he would actually be a real X factor. If he's back, Um, he was, so he won the fans want him back of the four we had on the list, but our tie was really close. It was only a couple of votes or it would have been Conklin. So it's funny that a guy who was basically fourth string at tight end, not that long ago. And now I mean, now he's the second tight end. And he actually is probably the first tight end since we don't know how well Herb's going to come back. Yeah. Ty has proven himself. He had, 
I did the little bit of research on him today, and he had 32 total catches coming into the season in his first three years. He's got 35 already this year. And I think they were trying to train him up to be a blocker. They wanted to make him David Morgan is what they were trying to do. Pretty much. Yeah. They were, they were trying to make him David Morgan and he's had to step in and almost become like a Kyle Rudolph type of guy. And I think he's done better than you can ask him for right now. Quite honestly, he's really been, he's really been a bonus and he's a likable kid. So we're all rooting for him, but uh, he he's done so well, and uh, I I'm just glad to see it. We need him, but he was number two on the list, and it wasn't even close after that. But so the the fans want Patrick Peterson. Now I have one this week, and it's basically it's kind of a yes or no, but it's going to be a four parter. Um, and after this week, it might change some opinions. But I know it's been talked about a lot, and I'm gonna the poll this week that we're going to put out there is, do you think it's time for the Vikings to move on from either Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, or both of them? Um, now I'm not so sure. I, I thought I knew going into last week, but I kind of, I'm going to take a step back and see what happens for the rest of the season. Because maybe these guys, or at least Zim, maybe Zim has figured this out. Like, we can't be so conservative and kind of play to not play not to lose, but it, we have to play to win. And I liked what I saw this week. What are your thoughts on that one, Sarah? Uh, well, mine would be option number four, which should be neither. Um, you know, Rick Spielman, yes, he doesn't hit on everything, but honestly, draft picks are really just a shot in the dark anyway so to have as many long-term contributors as he still has on the team I mean props to him I mean some hit the longest tenured people on the team are Everson Harry and Adam and I mean Adam was undrafted but still Rick had a, a part to play in him actually getting signed and they, they actually cut a wide receiver they had already signed to make room for Adam on the team. That's how much they saw in him. So to have those three guys be the longest tenured, um, you know, and to, I mean, Everson was a little bit before Rick, but I think he was still helping. Like it was before he took over completely, but he was still helping in the process and scouting and that sort of thing. So, but that they're still on the team, um, you know, all the other draft picks that, you know, maybe have moved on, but were big contributors. I mean, Diggs, um, you know, Hunter's still on the team, even though he's hurt, that was a huge draft pick. So he's hit quite a few more big ones than he's really missed. I mean, so I don't think we necessarily need to knee jerk and move on from Rick Spielman. Um, he just needs a lot more help. I think maybe in the scouting department that seems to have gone down a little bit since Studwell left. And then for Zimmer, I mean, we have to wait and see for the rest of the season. We're a half a game out of the wild card spot and one game down from the Saints. So, I mean, there's still a chance that we can scoot into at least the wild card spot for the playoffs. And, you know, the rest of the teams are topsy-turvy. Look at last night's game. I mean, the Rams looked horrible. It can happen. Any 
given week. So there's definitely opportunity for us to get in there. And like you said, I mean, I think Zimmer heard some of the criticism and took it to heart and he's, you know, trying to make changes as much as he can. We'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think I will put the fourth option on there as into uh, none of them should go or neither of them should go. Um, it's been a rough couple of years and I, I get the frustration from the fans and I've had it too. And I still don't know about Spielman, but you make some really good points about some of the guys he's brought in. So this should be an interesting poll. I kind of think I know how it's going to go based on our fan base, but right. maybe last week might change a couple of minds. We'll see how it goes. Um, and then of course we run it for a week. So if they lose to the Packers on Sunday, it could change again. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, now it's time for one of my favorite segments and you're going to take it again this week. I come back next week with my game. Uh, Valhalla back and we've had quite a history with the Packers. So you have a lot of places you can go with this. I am looking forward to hearing which game you chose. So Sarah, please take it away for Valhalla back. All right. Well, this one was a tough one for me to choose because three games jumped out at me uh, right away. One, I'm going to save until we go to Lambeau because it makes more sense to do it for that uh, particular game. And the other one was sort of in poor taste. Um, so I decided not to use that one. So what I went with was the, I'll call it the uh, Favre Victory Tour Part 1 from October 5th of 2009. And so this is his first game against the Packers, now wearing purple, at home. And quarter one was kind of slow, except for we did intercept Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and cause a fumble, I believe, both in the first quarter. So there was some uh, some problems there. But the scoring starts with three minutes and 20 seconds left in the first quarter with a one-yard touchdown to Vasante Shanko. Make it 7 nothing. The Packers answer back with 2.16 left in the first. Jermichael Finley, 62-yard touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers to make it 7-7. Quarter two. Again, it's pretty slow back and forth uh, with 4.59 left in the quarter. Sidney Rice gets a 14-yard touchdown pass. The pass before that, though, was to Nafahu Tahi. I just wanted to throw that in because I like his name. One of the, the better names on the team. Then with three minutes and 30 seconds left in the quarter, Adrian Peterson fumbles and Clay Matthews gets a touchdown on the scoop and score. So it's 14-14. 33 seconds left in the first half. Adrian Peterson tries to make up for his error by getting a one-yard touchdown. We're now up 21-14 to 14 at the half. Quarter three, very low on scoring. Uh, Bernard Berrien has a 31-yard touchdown that was set up by a pass to Jeff Dugan, another interesting name from the past so we're up to 28 14 and then the last quarter we jared allen sacks rogers in the end zone for a safety so we're up 30 to 14 the fumble actually gets overturned uh, i don't know so 
exactly what happened there. It was kind of confusing on the play-by-play. We still got credit for the safety, but it was a, a strip sack. Three minutes, 49 seconds left in the quarter. Jordy Nelson gets a 33-yard touchdown, but they missed the two-point conversion, so it's 30-20. to 20. And then with 59 seconds left in the game, Mason Crosby makes a 31-yard field goal to make it 30-23, to 23, and that's the final score. Uh, Vikings win 30-23, to 23, and uh, Favre gets to rub it in the face of Aaron Rodgers for taking over his spot in Green Bay. Minnesota leaders, uh, Favre has 24 of 31 for 271 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Adrian Peterson had a slow day. 25 carries, 55 yards, a touchdown and a fumble. And Sidney Rice was the receiving leader, five for six for 70 yards and a touchdown. So the ball got spread around pretty well, uh, considering he only had 70 of the 271 yards in the game. On the Green Bay side, Rodgers was 26 of 37 for 384 yards, two TDs, an interception and a fumble. He was sacked several times, mostly by Jared Allen. Grant had 11 carries for 51 yards, no touchdowns. And Jermichael Finley was six of seven for 128 yards and a touchdown. And that was the Valhalla back for this week. And, you know, the great thing about Favre when he was with the Vikings is how he did spread the ball around. I think that was a great example of it. The names, Tahi and Dugan that you threw out there. He just, Brett was really good at finding the open person and the open man, I should say. And then, you know, Rogers, his big target that game was his tight end in Finley there. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I never will, but he's talented. He's very talented. He gives us fits when we play them. And he really was the only reason they were in that game at all. They it's a classic not. example of whoever makes the le- the least number of errors, though. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a great. I mean, it was a it was a back and forth kind of game, and it was a great season. Two thousand nine was a great season. I loved the pick of the game, Brett outdueling. Not he outdueled him because we won, but Rogers just had a better. It seemed like Rogers had a better game, but he kind of had to. Uh, and yeah, they, yeah. AP only 55 yards and Vikings still put 30 points on the board too. So uh, I love it. It was a great pick and hopefully we can see something similar to that happen this coming Sunday. Um, Now we kind of break away from football for a little bit. Well, maybe it doesn't always mean we break away from football because we don't know what the question is going to be, but it's time for the mystery question of the week. Do you want to ask or answer first, Sarah? I'll answer first. Okay. This week, and you, I, you may laugh at this one because we talked about it already this week, kind of. What would you rather do? Would you rather shovel snow for four months out of the year, or would you rather sweep desert dust from your floors every day? Uh, I would rather shovel snow, actually, um, than the dust. But that's just from living out here for about 10 years now. Um, the dust gets very old and it is an everyday kind of thing, whereas the snow is only certain times of the year. So I think just overall, I would much prefer the, the snow here and there 
then having the dust blow in pretty much every crack in your windows, your door, anytime you open the door, uh, it, it pretty much gets in the house somehow magically, no matter what. And see, I would probably, I would take the opposite <laughs> because last winter from literally Christmas until St. Patrick's day, I believe there were less than five days in that period that I didn't shovel snow. And I wasn't even just, it wasn't like once a day shoveling. I'd have to yeah. go two, two and three times a day to keep up with it. I can't stand it. It's cold. It's wet. It's heavy. It makes my back hurt. I would rather have to sweep my floors every day for, for how much dust it is. My back, my back could just handle it more. My body can just handle it better. My, I was, I was one hurting puppy by the end of the winter. Let me tell you. And I've already had a shovel snow this year. Last night I had a shovel snow and it was not fun. I did not enjoy it. Uh, give me a broom every day, all day. All right, yeah. what you got? Okay, so my question is, if you won the lottery and after all your bills are paid off, I'm going to be responsible here, what would you spend your money on first? Wow. You know, I wrote a novel about this and this exact thing, right? No. Oh, you don't. Well, I did. <laughs> um, I did. And it was not a commercial success, but it was published. <laughs> But I probably wouldn't do what I did in the novel. In the novel, I bought a baseball team. Uh, okay. I not, yeah, I would not buy a baseball team. I, I'd probably take care of my kids and my parents and siblings. That's where the money would go first. Uh, they would be the first ones. They would get a piece of it. So if... I mean, if you're looking for what I would do with it first, that would be first. If you want to know what I would spend it on first, like for me, something personal, it would be a, a house on the beach. Uh, on, okay. A nice house on the beach, literally on the beach, like you see in the TV shows and the movies. Uh, I know that's where D wants to live. I know I would love to live down on the beach. Nothing like waking up in the morning and seeing the sunrise over the ocean. So the first Spoil, I guess, first thing I would do to spoil myself or spoil us would be to buy that beach house. So we had somewhere to go um, where it was nice year round. That's that's what I would do with it. What would you do with it? Oh, well, we're kind of along similar thoughts, although I was surprised you didn't say, you know, pay for the wedding so you guys could actually, you know, get that done with. Um, but the house on the beach and everything. Sounds great. My answer would be to build a new house from the ground up. Uh, run into a lot of problems with my current house. It's old. It needs a lot of repairs. If I win the lottery after all my bills are taken care of and everything, and I own this land free and clear, I'm literally going to clear it. And I, I would start from the ground up and design everything and put in you know luxury things that I normally wouldn't be able to, like a pool. Um, you know, a built-in library uh, in a specific room instead of my living room for my Vikings collection, like a, a skull cave, a man cave only, you know, mine, um, just, but not in the actual living room. So I'd still have like a formal living room and then a big like movie theater TV area for watching games, uh, you know, maybe a little personal 
concession stand, you know, something like that. You know, make it real luxury. But that's what I would do with it is tear down this house and start from scratch. So I think a lot of people would do that. They would want to have their ultimate living space, somewhere they're going to spend all their time or most of their time. You know, not not vacations or any of that. That would be later. They would want to have, I think they'd want to have that place, that perfect house, that house they've always wanted. So definitely on the same page there. And yeah, I guess, you know, paying for the wedding, I didn't mean to like skip by it. <laughs> but we're like, we're not looking for an elaborate wedding as it is. So that's kind of why I didn't put that on the list. We're really just looking for very simple. So we wouldn't be spending like a ton of money on the wedding. I don't think she would much prefer to have the house, I believe. And I should ask D and I'll have her answer that probably on Twitter, quite honestly. So everybody knows maybe she can do it in her morning video that she posts every day. That would be cool. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to have to bring this up to her. Uh, well, it's time for our predictions for the game. Um, what do you think, Sarah? Oh, uh, well, my persistence paid off, so we're just going to keep it rolling. Um, unfortunately, like I said, this one's going to be another close game. So I've got Vikings 30, Packers 26. And I'd like to see Adam go off and Harry get an angry interception. Oh, an angry interception, yeah. yeah. Oh, he had to miss two games. He's angry. Okay. Um. You know, I had a prediction down and I'm reconsidering it now. It would be better if I reconsidered what I have written down. And I needed, to, I should have really taken into account that we will be at the bank for this game when I put the prediction down. So I'm going to change what I have written down and hope it oh, works. Okay. Out. I'm going to pick the Vikings to win this one 27 21. Okay. And I actually originally had it the opposite way. But what I saw Sunday against the Chargers was a step in the right direction. We usually play the Packers tough, especially at home. Yep. They only put up 17 points against Seattle this past weekend. Right. I'm thinking our guys are going to be fired up because they're playing at the bank. They're back at the bank coming off of a what I consider a big win, and people say, well, the Chargers are on the downslide. You know what? They, they were still at home. They're still a first-place team when we played. them, So I don't want to hear yeah. about them being on the downslide. Um, I liked a lot of what I saw. So I think this is going to be another typical Packer-Vikings battle. Give me Minnesota 27-21. to 21, Changing my pick from what I originally had. Uh, let's see if me picking the Vikings doesn't work against them. Looking Hopefully forward to not. This, yeah, looking forward to this one, Sarah. Any final thoughts on this game or anything in particular? Um, well, yeah, it's a bad pun, but I got a feeling. Oh, oh, the stinky cheese. <laughs> well, it's appropriate. Oh. And it's tough to find songs about cheese. Yeah, there are. I don't know a lot of cheese songs out there. Let's just hope yes. that uh, we serve up a little Aaron Rodgers wine with that cheese. I, I want to see him get hit hard and often on Sunday. Legally. Yeah, legally. I don't want 
not I do not root for injuries. I don't care who they are. I do not root for injuries. I will never root for a guy to get hurt. But I hope he remembers. I hope he feels that he played in a football game on Sunday. I mean, it's probably won't go over well, but I hope he's a little afraid of bar if he's in. Yeah, and you know what? I don't see Aaron Rodgers as being scared of anything. Although he did hurt himself on that play, just to set that straight. You don't land on your outstretched arm. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add. I'm just hoping that the guys show up, play hard like they did this past week. If you can't get up for the Packers... You know, I, I don't know what else can get you excited to play as a, a member of the Minnesota Vikings. I hope the bank is loud. Yeah, and it's Vikings Packers with fans in the stands. Yep. Winner of the turnover battle, and that usually is the case anyway, but winner of the turnover battle is going to win this game. Um, yeah, now I want to see some false starts and some delay of game penalties because we're noisy. Yep, yep. I'd love to see it. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, like you said, I'm surprised it's not Buck and Aikman at one o'clock. Isn't it? Oh, no. This is, yeah, this is a, yeah, this is a Fox game. So, yeah, it should yeah. be Buck and Aikman. It's not, though. It's going to be uh, Greg Olson and some other people. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, I wonder if Laura Oakman, no, this isn't Laura Oakman's crew. She, she worked uh, Sunday out in L.A., She's a she's a Minnesota person, and she and the Zimmers are very close. So it, it's always nice when she gets to work the game too. Uh, I'm done. I got nothing left to say tonight. Everybody, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Uh, go Vikes!